0: When we complain, we make the Lord sad. And the people complained and it displeased the Lord and the Lord heard it and his anger was kindled and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. Thank God that it doesn't do that today. Do you know how many Christians would not be around today? Those that complained in the fire of the Lord would come and consume them. Don't be putting names out there. Don't build a names list. Just don't imagine. Just think about it in general. Verse number 2. And the people cried to Moses, and when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. Now, if you go through this chapter here, you're going to find where Moses is saying, I need you to let me die now, Lord. Do you remember when the Lord wanted to destroy all of Israel? And he said, Moses, I will make you a great nation. I'll make you a nation. We don't have to deal with these people anymore, Moses. Me and you, bro, we got this thing. I don't know if the Lord said it quite like that, but he might have. And Moses said, oh, no, Lord. Oh, no. Now, you, you, are, you, you can't do that because they're going to say out in the, in the world that you brought them out of Egypt just to kill them in the wilderness. And the Bible says that the Lord changed his mind. Now, if you go in this chapter, you're going to see that Moses is saying, would you just let me die? Because these people are driving me nuts. Do me a favor and let me die. So at one point, the Lord wants to wipe them out, and Moses says, no, you can't do that. And the next point is, Moses is saying, let me die. And the Lord says, no, you're going to stay around a while. I want you to look at this interaction here because you and I go through the same thing. We go through the same thing in this interaction with the Lord. On, when we're feeling good and everything is great, we're on top of the world. But when everything is going wrong, then we oh, we just want to die. Oh, it's so bad. Amen? Because you're, you're dealing with and you're, you're just operating off of what's happening at that moment in time and how you feel. Remember, happiness is not the, the strength of the Lord. What is? The joy of the Lord is your strength. You've got to get past the happenings and the happen, happiness and get to the joy, where the joy is always resident there when everything is going wrong, when all hell is breaking loose on you, when everything is crumbling that you've tried to put together on your own, and when it's all falling apart underneath your feet and you're about to fall and you're just yelling, help me, Jesus, that's when the joy says, Lord, even though everything's falling, I still love you. Everything phone. Let the devil do what he wants. Pat Benatar, hit me, hit me with your best shot. The Lord is still loving you. Amen. The Lord still loves you when you're having a bad day. The Lord still loves you when you're having a rotten, crummy day. The Lord still loves you when people say all manner of evil against you. The Lord still loves you when people lie about you. Well, this is good, Pastor. I know it's good. All right. So Moses prayed and the fire was quenched. All right, next one. And he called the name of the place Tibera, Tibera. because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. Next one. And the mixed multitude. Everybody say mixed multitude. I want you to remember that phrase there. mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, who shall give us flesh to eat? All right. Here's where I want to start preaching at. Mixed multitude. I have never caught this till a few weeks ago. I've read the Bible through multiple times. And I've never caught this until a few weeks ago. There was a group of people, and there were other people who came out of Egypt with the children of Israel who were not... Israelites. They could have been slaves from, from uh, you know, Syria. They could have been slaves from uh, the Canaanites. They could have been slaves from the Ishmaelites. Remember, it was the Ishmaelites that took Joseph into slavery in the first place down there in Egypt's land when he first went into slavery so there is now inside of the camp of the children of Israel, there is a, another segment of people who are not the children of God. And the Bible, now I, I don't have the translations up here because my computer is updating and beeping. And, of course, Ginger is saying your hard drive's going out, your motherboard's going out, you better get Cody in here. Out. Come on, Ginger, this, just let's relax here a minute. But the translation in the New Living Translation called them foreigners. Foreigners means they're not home folks. Foreigners means they're from another, 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 uh, another planet. They're from another place. They're from another uh, civilization, another culture, and everything is different. Okay, so the Bible says that this mixed multitude began to lust. They began to want more than they had. They began to uh, feel like that it wasn't, what they were receiving wasn't sufficient for them. Okay? So then this bleeds over into the children of Israel. And the children of Israel began to weep. And then they said, who shall give us flesh to eat? So these mixed foreigners here, this mixed multitude, wanted flesh to eat. They were getting manna already. They were, the Lord was providing for them. The Lord had brought them out of Egypt. And then the children of Israel, in the midst of their emotional meltdown, because they don't have flesh to eat, began to say, who's going to supply for us? Here we are. Here we are. And the Lord gives us, and the Lord provides for us, and the Lord takes care of us. And the first time that our thinking and our mind starts to sway and waver, we start to say, well, who's going to take care of us? Who brought you out of that stinking ditch of sin in the first place? Who cleans you up and made you what you are now? Let's read on. Yes, we just better read on. We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. Wow. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what came out of those digestive systems? Can you imagine? There is a, I have on me a marital band from garlic. I am not supposed to eat garlic. <laughs> well, it's not as bad as something. I don't know what happened, but it's not as bad. But, it, but listen, I love garlic. I could eat garlic all the time. And it used to be I could lay down in the bed beside her. I've told you this before. And in the dark, she'd say, What would you eat for lunch? And you know, you're almost asleep. You're about to fall into REM. And she asks that question, and your eyes just ping. And you get the emoji face. And you say, nothing? Oh, no, you had garlic. I can smell it. It's coming out your pores. And I go, I can't smell it. All right. So can you imagine what this smelled like? So if, back about 10 years ago, I preached in Africa. It was me and Kyle Brown and Kyle Blackerby, right? And so we were in this, this hotel, this little hotel there in Accra, Ghana, West Africa. And so the, 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 the bishop there always took us to eat. And listen, when you're in Africa, eat something that's cooked, right? Don't eat, don't drink water off the street. Don't drink, don't eat fresh fruits and vegetables off of the streets because your system is not used to it. So they took us to this place that had garlic chicken. And I thought, Amy is not with me. Amy is 6,000 miles away. Therefore, I can feast and believe. And, brother, I did. I, I, we would go there once a day, and I would eat a half, maybe a half or a whole rotisserie garlic chicken and rice. Oh, and it was so great. The problem is, then when we came back to our rooms, we were in this little hallway, and, you know, garlic keeps wants to come, come back up. And so this one time they're trying to, they can't get in their rooms. Kyle Blackerby cannot get in his room because he can't see his keyhole to get his key in. And all these belchers are coming out. And it is filling this little hallway with these. And he starts to gag. And he's like, oh, I'm going to throw up. And I started laughing. And Listen. When I see him now, I laugh till I cry. And I say, do you remember the hall?" He said, don't even talk about the hallway. He said, I'll get sick again. Just think how their tents smelled every night. Just think how their quarters smelled. Onions and garlic. What, what are you doing? What, what's what's this, this? It means keep on going. Okay. So, onions and garlics and leeks, oh my, and all of that cucumbers. Now our soul is dried up. But there's nothing at all besides this manna. What God had provided for them wasn't good enough anymore. Uh-oh. All right, seeing where we're going with this. Next one, please. And the manna was as a coriander seed, and the color thereof was as a, as a uh, yeah, one of those. Yes, go on. And the people went about and gathered it, and it grounded it in the mills, and it beat it into, into a mortar, and baked it in pans, and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was like the taste of fresh oil. All right, so this had a beautiful taste to it. They they cooked it, they baked it, and they made it different ways. And so that's what God had provided for them. And when the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna fell on it. All right, so let's stop there for just a moment. So God has provided this manna situation. Let me say this. The further that we get from our bondage, the further that we get from our bondage, the less grateful we become. Because we forget about what it was like to live with the bondage. We forget about what it was like to be messed up in sin. We forget what it was like. So then what happens is, then we come into church and the sound system is too quiet or the sound system is too loud or the air conditioning is too hot or the air conditioning is too cold. The preacher preaches too long or he preaches too short. That person shouldn't sing because they can't sing. That person shouldn't be a door greeter because I heard them at Walmart cuss out a cashier over 15 cents that they messed up on. You see what I'm saying? The further we get from our deliverance, the less appreciative are we are of it and the more we become frustrated with where we're at. Are we there today, Family Worship Center? Are we less grateful now than when we were when we first got out of sin? Are we less grateful now than when we first came into church? And you know what have we forgotten? A lot of us, we forget about where we came from. Amen. And then we start keying on what is happening in the past, the, in the present. The mixed multitude said, "Oh, we got to have some meat here. Oh, we've got to have something to eat here besides this manna. Who's going to provide for us?" The children of Israel began to doubt who would even provide for them because they had been so far from their deliverance now that they forgot who their provider was. I want you to remember that as far as you come in this journey with the Lord, the Lord brought you out of that mess before. He can provide for you now amen if he gave you an answer then he'll give you an answer now amen amen as these are all the notes i got our lifestyles and our conversation has to change if we're going to go where we need to go can you get there ask yourself this question you can turn the air up a little bit clark i mean make it warmer for them people are starting to die hyperthermia I'm seeing icicles i'm seeing flexible earlobes that are now rigid. How are you going to get to the next level because you're stuck in this level? How are you going to get to the next level if your lifestyle doesn't change? I'm preaching to some people's lifestyles today. I'm preaching to some people who have have came through. You've, You've had a great deliverance. You've had a great exit out of Egypt. You've had a great exit. You've left the past behind. You've left all of that mess. But now listen, the devil is out to destroy you. The devil is out to get your soul. Let me say that again. The devil is out to get your soul. The devil does nothing more than to just steal, kill, and destroy. John chapter 10, verse number 10, that's what the Word says. Jesus said that. But he said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Now, the Lord has delivered maybe some of you out of drugs or out of alcohol or pornography or promiscuity or whatever he's delivered you from but the devil knows that he can't get you to go back to that but then he'll try to get you with a bad attitude he'll try to get you mad at the pastor the devil will take the smallest of things and give you an attitude over it the devil will make the smallest of things upset you Because you have forgotten about where you've came from. You have forgotten about and have lost the appreciation of how he got you out of the miry clay and put your feet on a rock to stay. You've forgotten about how it used to be when you used to see domestic violence in your house. You used to forget about when you're seeing people getting mad at each other and cuss each other. Guess what? You used to drop the F-bomb in your house. Now hopefully you don't drop the F-bomb in your house and you're conversation and your talk is getting cleaner and it's all getting good but now then you come in and your wife cuts the cucumbers the wrong way and you get an attitude or something happens in church you know somebody looks over there and somebody looks over here and say well look at them looking at me look at tim looking at me i know he don't like this shirt i can tell he don't like this shirt I'm not coming back to church because Tim don't like this shirt. It don't matter what Tim does. I'm falling in love with Jesus. I don't care about Tim. I don't care about the shirt. I don't care how Tim feels about the shirt. I'm falling in love with Jesus. But the devil wants to take you and deceive you. The devil will deceive you if you let him. I'm telling you. You think, oh, I got this. I mean, I'm strong. Hallelujah. Taylor says I'm strong and fast. And he showed me one time. He said, watch me lift this high chair. And if I could have got it on film, oh, it's classic. It was one of those old-time, old-school, dangerous high chairs, you know, kind I grew up with, kind you grew up with. You know, we grew up without child seats in the car. We stood up in between mom and dad, and we're still alive. We played soccer without helmets, without shin guards and knee pads. We rode bikes without a helmet. Now, why does society make kids put a helmet on when they ride a bike but then tell an adult, when you're going down the road 80 miles an hour, you don't have to wear a helmet on a motorcycle. Are you kidding me? There is something wrong with this picture, right? But it was one of those old-time fold-up high chairs, and he picked that booger up, and I'm just watching because he was strong and fast. And about that time, it started moving on him, and it twisted on him, and one oh those old legs got in front of him one got behind him and it just collapsed on him and by the time it's over he's laying on the floor with in that that high chair just got him hemmed in and the poor kid got it, he got pinched and it hurt him but it hurt his pride because he's looking at me like well i thought i could do it listen the devil is a created being the devil is in the angel class you're in the human class If you don't remember, let me remind you that your ancestors were already deceived by him, and that's why you deal with depression. That's why you deal with disease. That's why we deal with death. That's why we deal with all of the temptations in life, because our ancestors, who were created in the image of God, hand-formed from the dust of the earth by the Lord God himself, fell to the devil. If Adam and Eve fell to the devil, being in the Garden of Eden in the perfect paradisical. Is that a word? Paradisical place. It is now. Hallelujah. In in paradise, what do you think that you and I living in Vandalia, Illinois, can do against the devil? The devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy. But I'm telling you, if you keep an attitude of gratitude and you tell the devil you're not deceiving me because I'm staying right up here at the altar and I'm worshiping and I'm praising, you can win this thing. But the problem was the foreigners who were not the children of promise were complaining, and the children of promise just sucked it in. (laughs) Well, I better go on. Page 2. We've forgotten what it's like to be free. Free. We're free, but now we think we're in bondage. Oh, it's bad. You know what I'm praying for, Brother Johnny Ty? I love when everybody thinks Johnny Ty is his real name. Everybody says, Johnny Ty. Those of you who are having kids, listen, I'll help you name them. All right? Johnny Ty. I am looking for is June, your boss, June. You know what? Jim is Buddhist. I am praying for the day that the Holy Ghost falls on those Buddhists. Amen because God's doing a work in Johnny's life John God brought us together from eight or nine thousand miles and put us all together for some reason and here he is. but you know uh, we have forgotten what. About what it's like to be free. We've forgotten how it feels to be cleaned up because we've been cleaned for so long now that we're used to being cleaned up. So therefore, now my 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 uh, my uh, mm, what am I going to call this? My judgmentalism sometimes looks at other people and looks down at them and says, you know what? Look at, look at the mess you're in. But guess what? We weren't too far past that just a little while ago. We weren't too far past that because we were right in the same boat. But the, the devil lets, wants amnesia to sink into us and the devil wants us to forget what it's like to be, um, to be free and he wants us to forget about what it's like to be clean and he wants us to forget about the goodness of God toward us amen but when i think about the goodness of jesus and all that he's done for me my soul cries out hallelujah praise god for saving me hallelujah amy said that the one thing her sister-in-law taught her was this she said if you always have an uh, if you're a thankful heart if you always have a thankful heart you're going to stay saved guess what? If you always have an attitude of gratitude, you're going to stay saved and be all right. But the moment you think somebody owes you something, the moment you think that you've been cheated, the moment you think that you've been slighted, the devil's going to take that and just pinch it and pinch it and pinch it until he gets a bruise on you. And guess what? The Bible says that Jesus came to set at liberty them that are bruised. I'm talking to somebody right now that you've got some bruising going on and you feel like you're hurt and you feel like you've been abused, and you feel like you've been battered by the house of the Lord and by the men and women of God. Let me tell you something. We're all free now. We're all clean now. We've all been delivered now. Start enjoying your deliverance and stop looking at what the devil's trying to say. It was that mixed multitude that started the mess. Oh, Let me see what my notes say. What what does god want to do the bible says that his mercies are new every morning lamentations three it says daily he loads me with his benefits oh did i ever preach that message here surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever Uh now anoint us my head with not oil not just oil fresh oil fresh oil fresh oil God wants to create a new normal in you let me say that again God wants to create a new normal in you I challenge somebody in this church. Let me, let me just say it the way Caitlin would say it. I challenge all y'all. All y'all. In the south, up here we have U-Hauls. Down there it's y'all halls. Amen. We're going to go down there. We're going to go down there to Dusty's and we're going to pick us up at y'all hall. Somebody wished us a Happy anniversary. I was reading the comments on Facebook. Amy said a lot of people wish us a happy, birth, or happy birthday, happy anniversary. I said, really? She said, yeah. One guy kept on typing yuns, 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 U-N-S, yuns. Anyhow, God wants to create a new normal in us. I challenge somebody in here. When we're worshiping, get up here and see if you can knock Trina over out of the praise pit. Because it don't matter what time trina comes in if she's early she's up at the praise pit if she comes in halfway through church she puts her stuff down puts her jacket in up there she goes that is good i think that's awesome but i dare somebody try to take her place somebody what are you saying pastor i'm saying you know what the problem is this when you stay up here close to front, I, now listen, I am not nailing your hide because you sit on the back row, all right? I'm not saying anything, but I'm telling you, get close to fire. If you get close to fire, you'll never get cold. Right? How about that? How about that? When you're cold, what do you do in your house? In the wintertime, you go over and stand on the register until your pigs saw out. Pigs, toes, you don't know what pigs are. We called them pigs where I was from. Piggly, wiggly, this little, never mind. All right. Well, you're getting close to fire. Stay close to fire. Stay close to preaching. Close, stay close to anointing. There's somebody. Leave your seat where you've been for all this month or all these years and come on up here where the praise pit's at and get in here where the worship is at. Guess what? You're going to feel uncomfortable for a while, but God wants to start and create a new normal in you to where will you walk in. It is normal for you to just come in just like Sister Trina and just put your stuff down, and I'm walking up to the front. And I'm just going to praise. Because when you're doing that, you are nope, you can't see what's going on in front of you. You can't see what's going on behind you. You can't see what's going on on the right or the left. Let God create a new normal in your life. Let God take you to the next level. Everybody here wants to go to the next level, don't you? You want to stay where you're at? The four lepers at the gate said, "Why stay here till we die? If we're going to go in, and we're either going to die or we're going to get some food. Let's see if we're lucky today." And when they walked in there, the Lord magnified their steps, and then Lord, the, the the enemy fled and left everything they had. And dear Lord, it took days for them to get all the spoil out. I'm telling you, if some of you would be willing to leave where you're at. In your position, in your disposition, you would stand up and you would begin to walk. And every time you walk, God would meet you with another step and another step and another step. step, Until too long, it sounded like this. Because God is walking with you and God wants to create this new normal in you and make you a strong man and a strong woman of God. The devil doesn't want you to be normal. need to get a new normal. He wants you to stay cold and indifferent. Cold and indifferent. He wants you to be dissatisfied. And he'll cover it and say, but I, know, I know the Lord's going to move me someday. Just don't know when. The Lord moved you here and I became your medical power of attorney. Amen. Is this scary. Because although I preach about forgetting the past, sometimes I remember the past (laughs) with you. Hallelujah. And how you've confessed it since you've been here. Oh, if I didn't like something, I just went in and told Graham that Tracy did this. And Graham would come out and say, Tracy, you stop it. It did work well. So, in a few weeks, Ginger gets to have a little esophagus work done, and she said, Just put me out. I said, I guarantee you, your medical power of attorney is going to sign to put you out. Hallelujah. Guess what? Be happy with the field God planted you in. Put your roots down, bear some fruit. And stay faithful to the kingdom. Matthew 633. And when the Lord is ready to move you, the Lord will move you. And when the Lord moves you, He doesn't just crack a door open and it's not just one door. But when the Lord moves you, He pops open multiple doors all at the same time. Hallelujah. And when you start feeling itsy and antsy, guess what? Everybody else in your row is gonna feel itsy and antsy also, and the Lord's gonna confirm it with his word. Amen. But the devil's trying to isolate you, the devil's trying to keep you over here all by yourself. So then, when you get weak, and because you're not talking to your brothers and sisters, or you're talking to them hateful, or you're doing this, or you're doing that, or you're criticizing this, or you're criticizing that, the devil gets you weakened down until he can pounce on you like a pack of wolves on a wild beast. Amen. And destroy and devour you because that's what the devil tries to do. But Jesus said, "Greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world." He said, "Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world." Yes. Don't get offended. Don't let the devil make you mad at what I'm preaching today. I did not put a bug in your car and I did not listen to you ride here and talk at the same time. Are you kidding? I didn't bug your house. Some people have accused me, have you been in our car? Did you, have you got our house bugged? Because you preach what we just talked about. Lord. No, I'm just giving you what the Lord gave me. The Lord told me to preach this to you. And I'm talking to you today as your pastor. Danny, I do appreciate that when you was teaching today, when you had lost your way and I didn't know what else to do. And I was ready to throw in the towel. My pastor came and said, don't quit. Just keep coming. Just restart. Just start where you're at. Let's go. Is that what I said? We can go to the spot where it was, can't we? Right downtown. Amen. That was quite an evening. Amen. Guess what? God's in the business of making you complete. God is in the business of getting you ready for the time ahead. God is wanting to do a complete work in all of us. Amen. And the devil doesn't want that to happen. The devil wants you to fail. The devil wants you to throw in the towel and say, you know what? I knew that church thing wouldn't work. I know there's hypocrites in church. I had somebody write me this real long email because they quit coming to church. I mean, it was real long. I had to get up and get a lunch in between the email. I had to fix the sandwich because it was so long. I got hungry halfway. I said, my God, how much are they going to write? And they listed all kinds of stuff. But what I saw in that email was it wasn't just from me or this church. It was from other times that they never dealt with. You see, you're going to have to face some things head on in your life. And you're going to have to say, enough is enough is enough. It takes a decision. It all takes a decision. When you decide that you want to stop something, you're going to stop it. Thank you, Sister Trina. Thank you. You and Ginger, thank you. Let me try that again. When you decide you want to do something, it's done. As long as you keep doing it, you made the decision to keep doing it. And to break an addiction, I've asked Mitchell, I said, how do you break that addiction? I've seen people deal with that addiction for years. He didn't know what I was looking for. I was pressing him. I was looking for one word, and he said the one word. He didn't know it. See, I can trick him. See, he thinks that he's got me, but he ain't. He ain't. I just let him think he does. No, come on, do it right. Oh, that's weak. Anyhow. He says, I just made the decision to not do it anymore. It's time for somebody. We're all big people here. It's time for somebody to make the decision. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm going to stop now. Amen. Do you know why I'm still fat? Because I have decided that once in a while, I'm going to drink a Dr. Pepper. You do what you've got to do. And I have people who tell me, that's 200 calories. And that's 50-some grams of sugar. And I say, but Brandon drinks Coke, and that's 60 grams of sugar. But they say, Brandon runs marathons. I said, yes, he does. And no, I don't. But it's a decision. You've got to make a decision. And the devil wants to mess up your decision making capabilities and your capacities. He wants you to think that nobody's for you. He wants you to think that everybody's against you. Let me tell you something. The reason I'm preaching this today is because I'm just warning you. It's time for you to make the decision that I'm going to let God create a new normal in my life. And I'm going to let God do some things in my life that he's wanted to do for a long time and I've never made him because I've always made the decision to say no. But guess what? It's time now we're in the end of time brothers and sisters we are in the end of time never have I seen a news media treat a president the way this one does even if they did to a certain point there was still a respect for the office but not anymore. Do you know why? Because this is a battle between good and evil. This is a battle between light and darkness. It is the spirit of the Antichrist and the end time that is now present on the earth that is causing all this to happen. But what God is doing is God is exposing all this for the church and for us to realize that we are living in the last day. And guess what? The days of playing games are just about over and the days of not making a decision are coming to an end because God is not playing around. God means business. Amen. So brother pastor here is telling you it's time to get our business straight with God. Oh, I don't know where the other 40 of us are at today, but I hope they hear this. Send it out on the web. Send it out on Facebook. Amen. Send it wherever it goes. It's time to get our business straight with God. God wants to create a new normal in us, a new normal that gets us praying, a new normal that gets us fasting, a new normal that gets us worshiping, a new normal that teaches Bible studies. Guess what? If we don't teach people Bible studies, they go to hell. Do we care? Oh, pastor, I can't teach Bible study because guess what? I just They would ask me a question and I wouldn't know how to answer it and I would just lose my mind. Up in here, up in here, up in here. Yes, we're going to lose our mind. If I don't teach Bible studies, those people are going to hell that I'm supposed to teach Bible study to. They're lost forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. They're lost. They're never going to get a chance. But the problem is we have become addicted to good preaching. We have become addicted to T.D. Jake's preaching. We have become addicted to Hagee's preaching. What's this, new, what's this new phenomenon on the, Everybody sending me this young guy, Furtick, Furtick, Fruit of the Loom, whatever his name is. I mean, I got people sending me YouTube of this young preacher. Guess what? Young preachers come and young preachers go until they have something in them that keeps them feet on the ground, amen, and they can handle the success that they have. Oh, now, listen, I've been around a long time. I've seen it all. I can take you to the people that were in Florida. I can take you to the people that were in Toronto. I can take you to all those spinoff ministries that they're no longer there. I can take you to guys who were in apostolic realms who used to be dynamic Bible study teachers and teach boot camps and all this stuff. And now when you get on their website, all they do is they drop the F-bomb and all this other stuff, and they send letters to pastors and say, I'll come preach at your church, but I need a $2,500 offering my Lord, I'd like to go preach at that church. Trina said she'd even preach. And you know, I know the preacher, that the, the pastor that the guy contacted because he's your brother in Texas. And he said, you know, so-and-so, he sent me a letter. And this is what he said. So I'm not making this up. But what I'm saying is this. It's time for us, ordinary men and women of God, to say, you know what? We're, we're not just addicted to good preaching. Oh, that's good. That helps us. That makes us stronger. But somebody out there is dying in that ditch. Somebody out there is losing their soul. Somebody out there just got the fire beat out of them last night because they didn't have the money for the drugs that they got the last time from the drug lord. And now he's sending them to get beat up, the, the fire out of them. Somebody's spending a night in jail because they were already busted. Somebody overdosed last night and is in intensive care. Are you seeing what I'm saying? There is a hurting world out there. And the devil wants to get us preoccupied. Occupied where we forget about what God's done for us, where we forget about how free we are, and God wants to say, I want to put a new normal in you, I want to take you to the next level, I want to do something that's gonna last for eternity. Stop being offended and go on the offense. Thanks. It is. It's time. Come on. It's time. We've been ass- Jesus, help me. We've been on pacifiers too long. Now, I almost said the farm term, but I didn't. Jesus saved me. Saved you, actually. Because we had a deal on the farm with, and we know what we said. You got the hind one, baby. It, it was dry. Too late, too late, too late. It was dry. Guess what? It's time. And the devil was trying to take you out. Oh, I don't, I don't think so. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Look how packed this place is. You didn't even have to spend 20 bucks to park today. We, we had an anniversary Celebration. We, we celebrated for days, me and Amy. We went all kinds of places. Felt like I was in that hippie farm. There at the, you ever, ever heard of hydroponics? Look it up, hydroponics. We went and looked at some hydroponics places in St. Louis. Huh? Yeah, they're kind of cool. I felt like I was walking in. I said, to Amy, I'm in Woodstock in St. Louis. See, we've been to we've been to Woodstock, up in Berlin, New York. Well, we went to a Cardinal game last week. They wanted twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. them won thirty bucks to park your car. Are you kidding me? We didn't. We have free parking here, and we're still not full. Amen. You can come in and take a potty break anytime you want, and we're still not full. We give you good uh, word. All these guys and lady that comes up here and teaches that first hour, I love hearing them teach and talk and preach. I love it. I get stuff from them. Amen. I even like preaching. Mm -hmm. Look at you. You're here on Sundays now. The Lord worked it out, didn't he? Yes, he did. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But guess what? I want to encourage you. You know what? I'm going to tell you, uh, Kim and Alyssa and, and Abby and all that, you know, Haley's not here today, but Haley came. And they've been working on her for months and working on her for months. And then we had that ladies' conference. And before the first speaker even spoke during worship, she's up here getting the Holy Ghost right there. What's happening? There's people trying to touch other people and trying to reach other people. Danny and Carlita are working on a couple that Casey and them have been talking to and working on for several years. You know what? I'm telling you, God is trying to do something in family worship center, and the devil doesn't like it. The devil's mad. I'm telling you, the devil is mad, and the pastor is trying to tell you, the devil might be mad, but Jesus is absolutely glad that it's happening, and you know what? God wants to do something in your life to take you to the next level and bring you into a place where you can and start saying, I don't care what anybody says or does. i am falling in love with Jesus. I'm in love with Him. I fell in love with Him 38 years ago. Hallelujah. And I've been in love with Him ever since. Hallelujah. Every day with Jesus gets sweeter than the day before. Hallelujah. It's like the wine at the wedding of Cana. I thought it was good 38 years ago, Brother Jeff. Hallelujah. He's saving the best till last. It just keeps getting gooder and good and gooder and gooder if you just got the Holy Ghost hang on because it gets better every day you know Danny you wasn't supposed to say everything you said today you and Carly had talked about that on the way down here she told you she probably encouraged you now Danny don't get up there and say everything did she yeah And what did you do? You got up here and said everything. Well, not everything, but you said enough. I was up there, sitting beside Megan, and you started saying everything. And I said, whoops, I don't think he's supposed to say that. Is that true, Megan? It's true. Yep. I don't think he's supposed to say that. But I'm going to tell you something. The devil tried to wipe you out four or five years ago because he wanted to wipe you out so God couldn't bless you. And so your mouth could not say, you know what? the Lord has brought this to us because the last four years we have realigned and we have got in the kingdom and this is what we've, we've just taken care of Matthew 6 33 God has created a new normal in us you see the old normal got rid of you the old normal left you and then the devil's trying to get you hurt and he's trying to get you offended and he's trying to get you angry and he's trying to get you bitter and he, how am I doing so far he's trying to do all of this stuff because you know what he's not going to just walk up to you and say hey I got me I got you. You a nickel bag of pot, would you like a nickel bag of pot? You wouldn't why not he
1: it's not my thing
0: it's not your thing. you know what? The devil's not going to walk up to you and present something that's not your thing, but he'll get you offended. He'll get you hurt. he'll get you discouraged. Because he can do that to all of us. And he knows that if he can do that long enough, that he can pull you down until he takes you under for the last time. And I don't know what all happened that God did and worked in it, but when you started coming back to church and you walked in the first time and you can't, they tell me, now they tell me, this is what they tell me about, I've never been there, they say when you get out of the habit of going to church, it's very hard to do it again. Is that true? It's very hard? Is that hard? I don't know. I got here and never left. I'm like a cockroach. I never leave. Amen. I'm here. Amen. I'm a big cockroach. Hallelujah. (laughs) But Tim is the one that had the cockroach run across his face, not me. I don't know. Maybe I slept so hard, my mouth opened, it probably just dropped in down there, and I swallowed it whole. Hallelujah. Got a little alone. Now, from the cockroach, uh, glory to God. Are you seeing what I'm saying? But I don't know what it was, but they broke it. Listen, if you just keep breaking that feeling and that condemnation, if you just keep breaking it, I don't feel comfortable doing this. If you just keep fighting it, God wants to do something. Listen, if it's worth having, it's worth fighting for. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If it's worth having, it's worth fighting for. If it's worth having, it's worth fighting for. And you know what that Christian song says, if it doesn't kill you, just. Is that a Christian song? Okay. Well, I don't know. I know that part sounds very good. Those words put together in that form sound very good. Anything worth having is fighting for. This is what my father-in-law always used to tell me. If it was easy, everybody would do it. If it was easy, everybody'd do it. We used to sit around, we play cards, you know. We talk about this thing and that thing. we get talking about business. And finally, one day I said, why doesn't, why doesn't everybody do that?" And he says, if it was easy, everybody'd do it. But people aren't going to do stuff that's hard, but you guys will. And let me say so, Caitlin understands y'all will. Right? Yens, you guys, use y'all. I think I covered just about every demographic right there. You know why? Because you're special, because you're a king's kid. Amen. Because you've got what it takes to win. Let me tell you something. You've got what it takes to win. If you just keep showing up. I said if you just keep showing up, you've got what it takes to win. Hallelujah. Don't give up. Don't slow down. Don't turn around and go back out. Listen, don't forget about where you came from. Oh people said we had all we we had garlic and we had onions and we had leeks and we had melons and we had all corn we had it all but what the devil didn't tell you was that the hands that were holding the cantaloupes and the melons had chains and shackles attached to them the devil's not going to tell you about the bondage he's not going to tell you how bad it really was He's just going to show you the good side of sin. He's just going to show you the good side and the advantage of sin. Amen. He's not going to tell you all about uh, all of the, the, when's the last time you saw a dilly-dilly commercial which showed you a car wrapped around a telephone pole that that killed three or four teenagers because of drunk driving. They don't show you that. Anheuser-Busch doesn't show you that. Amen. They don't show you the Marlboro man. They got him off the horse a long time ago. Number 1 because, you know, it supposedly caused cancer, but number 2, now he's white. You cannot have a white Marlboro man. I'm just telling you what's in the news. That's white privilege. They don't show you the cancer wars and they don't show you the cancer that eats up a guy's face and his chin and his roof of his mouth. They don't show you the guy that I went to visit the hospital years ago in Johnny Cochran when he had his whole nose and half his face taken off because of cancer in his mouth because of cigarettes. But you see, Marble doesn't show you that. Cool doesn't show you that. And true doesn't show you that. And Palm Mall doesn't show you that. The devil never shows you. He never shows you the ugly side of sin. He only shows you all the benefits of sin. Oh, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have. I used to watch my dad do that. Doesn't show you all that. My dad would have lived another 10 years if he wouldn't have smoked 60 years because it was in his genes. Most of his sisters lived into their 90s. His mother lived into her 90s. The pro-abortion people say, oh, you shouldn't have so many kids, it'll kill you and have a short life. My grandmother had 11 kids and lived in 93. I saw a picture of her in 1909. Ain't no wonder she had 11 kids. I said, Lord, have mercy. Just think about it. Listen, kids, you see your grandparents and you think they are so old and nasty. At one time, they were young and they were hot. They were good looking. We better close on that, right? And she was in her right mind of the last six months of her life. She was 93 years old and in her right mind and had 11 kids. And listen, at the obituary, that said 99 grandchildren. 99. There were people at that funeral I never saw before. I said, Who are they? They're your cousins. Where do they live? Michigan, where do they live? Ohio, where do they live? Pennsylvania, who are they? They're your cousins. I had so many cousins. It was like, Are you kidding me? And then I was thinking one day, I told Amy, I said, If your family, the Worley family and the Zimmermans in their prime, would have got together for a dinner. We'd have probably had 300 people. 300, it'd have been easy. It was like crazy, crazy. I'm telling you, though, the devil is trying to take you out. Take the pastor's warning today. The devil is trying to take you out. And he wants to get you mad at me? How can anybody be mad at me? We spent a whole two weeks together, didn't we? It was good, wasn't it? Amen. It was good. Every time Tim get in the car, he started sniffling. I said, are you allergic to something, Tim? I know he's allergic to dogs. I said, maybe they had dogs in this car. It was a Nissan Armada. I don't know. I said, I think I smell dogs. dog. My smeller works 15% of the time, and I'm thinking I smell dogs. So I had everybody in the team. Hey, we smell in there and see if you smell dogs. Remember that? Everybody line up. You smell dogs? Smell dogs. Nope, nope. Nobody smelled dogs with me. The bad guy with the worst smeller in the trip. So then I concluded, Tim, are you allergic to Nissans? That's the only thing I can think of. But I'm telling you, the devil's a liar. God wants to create a new norm in you. God wants to get you to the next level. It's time. It's time. It's time to stop playing, and it's time to start praying. It's time to get in this thing with all your hands and your feet. It's time to wade out to your ankles, to your knees, to your thighs, to your chest. It's time to wade out in the waters and swim in the presence of the Lord. Let's all stand. I'm going, you got to get out of here. You got things to do. Hallelujah. 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 Can I have some good music? Nice song. I don't know what it is. Falling in love with Jesus. Let's do that one. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to sing that song. Now, I tell you what happened. You guys came in. You came Now it's hard. Why was it hard? Condemnation. Where was the condemnation coming from? It was coming from Satan. Because did anybody wake up this morning and the devil tell you, go to church? No, I want to know. How many of you, the devil woke you up and said, you got to get up. Because you know you got church today. The devil tell you that? He ain't going to tell you that. He's going to tell you to sleep in. He'll say, oh my Lord you going to church, the pastor wants you there so early. Every Monday through Friday, you're dreaming about lunch at 10 o'clock. Ginger goes to lunch at 10. she got preschool hours. She goes to lunch at 10. Yeah. What do you, what's the devil tell you? Stay home. You got something else to do. Oh, you don't want to go back to that church, that pastor. He just yells and screams. All he wants is your money. I never charge 20 bucks for you to park. The Blues wants your money. The Cardinals want your money. But I'm asking you this today. You got to keep, just, just keep fighting. Just keep pressing on. Because good things are coming if you just keep pressing on. You don't give up. You see, you're going to get to enjoy yours. My mom couldn't my mom couldn't see. My mom could not see. And neither could we. We couldn't see what was happening. When my mom was just dragging us to church. Just dragging us to church. And when we were putting together what her descendants have done for the kingdom. We have a hundred and five years of teaching. We have four, how many teachers? We have four or five teachers in our family. They go from kindergarten all the way to high school. One of my nieces, in four years, she got her bachelor's and her master's in four years. She's an overachiever. But then when we looked at the kingdom side, Her descendants, my mom's descendants, have preached in five continents. Five continents. Now ready for this? 27 countries. My mom never left the country. She never left the country. But she said, come on, we're going to church. We're going to church church, and Danny and Carlita, when those boys walk in that house, it's a whole new ballgame. It's the blessings of the Lord, and you're going to get to enjoy it, and you're going to get to speak into two lives the principles of the kingdom. You're going to get to speak into lives that God only knows where they would have ended up if your names wouldn't have came up with the right people at the right time, two souls, How about one of them may be a missionary somewhere. One of them may pastor a church of thousands. Who knows? Who knows what God's going to do? But if you never would have kept showing up, would it have ever happened? You've been teaching the college and career for, what, two years now? Been speaking into into young adult lives. Speaking into young adult lives. Not only about spiritual things, but about financial things. Relationships. Getting your acts together, doing this, doing that. You see what I'm saying? Just keep showing up. Just keep showing up. That's all you can do, just keep showing up. So, before you leave today, we're going to sing this song.
1: to me today come on up
0: if that's the case maybe there's something that needs change maybe there's something that needs adjusted i don't know what it is but let me tell you something the kingdom is the only thing that's going to last in the whole realm of things our work is not going to last our houses aren't going to last our empires are not going to last only the kingdom. right now each of us would reconnect I just pray right now Lord each one and every one of us would reconnect right now in the name of Jesus we would reconnect God with what your spirit has called us to do set that new norm in our lives set that new level God in our lives the enemy has tried to cheat us the enemy has tried to deceive us the enemy has tried to take us out But, Lord, you've put us in this place at this time, this field. Lord, let me grow where I'm planted.